Hi, and welcome back to On Psych, the podcast of the Ontario Psychological Association. I am your host, Dr. Jonathan Douglas. I'm a psychologist in private practice in Barrie, Ontario, and I'm a former president of the Ontario Psychological Association. And today, uh, I'm here with someone I've known on Twitter and through email, but I don't think we've ever had a chance to speak, Dr. Bruce, Bruce Hutchinson. Uh, who is a, a psychologist, a retired psychologist now, I believe, Bruce, is that right? Right, no longer registered, but I am a retired psychologist. And just allow me to correct one thing. Yes. Uh, uh, my name is Hutchison, no chin. No chin. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, had, so, I, I never noticed that. Yeah, so uh, uh, everyone calls me Hutchinson, they're wrong, but I have my li- name listed in both places. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder I've been able to find you. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, ironically, uh, there's a famous author by my name who died 20 years ago. Right, uh, he's a well-known Canadian author. So his his stuff always pops up first, uh, and then mine comes up finally. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, you can you can ride those coattails though. So well, I, sure. I, I, yeah. I do really recommend that you do that. So let yeah. me explain to people why I've invited you to join us here, because I think what you did actually, you know, admit this, this is, this is true. You watched my Twitter feed yeah, and you decided to write a book about my personal obsessions at this time, yes. American politics and the, the pandemic. <laughs> you you sort of zoomed it. right in on that. <laughs> you, got it. you got it. You got it. But I can't say American politics because I'm it's Canadian Canada. too. Canadian yeah. too, and it's also yeah. world, it's also worldwide. And this and, is absolutely and, uh, true. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. true. Um, so the the book is entitled "Emotions Don't Think: Emotional Contagion in a Time of Turmoil." Right. And I gotta say, I think you know this is the best timed book since Dr. Stephen Taylor wrote his book on the psychology of pandemics, released in October 2019. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly the book that we need. I would like to take a moment, if you don't mind, sure, just to read uh, the blurb that you sent me. Which I got that's the blurb from the back of the book, right? Um, yeah, par- parts of it. There's part of it missing. Um, All right. Well, I'll, I'll, let me just read what you sent me, right? Yeah, go ahead. Because yeah. I think it's it's such a great, great introduction, and I, yeah. I, I, you know, I think that'd be fantastic. So, yeah, we live in a time when America and the world are facing an invisible enemy. The pandemic surges and social relations are fraught with turmoil. Emotions are on edge and people fear for their lives. We face turmoil, but turmoil does not come without emotions. Little has been written about the power of emotions and emotional contagion in this time of global turmoil until now. Dr. Bruce Hutchison describes emotional contagion as one of the most powerful forces at play in society and in politics in the last few decades, building to the 2020-21 crescendo. We need to learn about how to handle it to help us adapt to today's stress. Dr. Hutchison's book helps us learn how to do that. Emotions are contagious and infectious and often spread from one person to another, so you can get infected by emotions when you are around people. This affects people during troubled times. Emotions don't think, and yet so many people base their decisions on emotions, including their votes. Dr. Hutchison's book explains why the year 2020 and 2021 were rife with turmoil. His book goes beyond the events to the emotion that fueled it. Dangerous, infectious emotions spread like a virus and infect others. Pessimism, cynicism, depression, fear, Hate, panic, anxiety, disgust, and suspicion are all contagious. So are violence and conspiracies. These emotions spread and put people into turmoil. People use these emotions to think, but emotions can only feel. Emotions don't think. Right. Very good. Very good. Thank you. I was, I, I practiced. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that. I wish I could say I was more familiar with this book. I, I want to admit up front, I, I've not read it yet because it's only just been published, right? Yeah, just a couple of months ago. It's published yeah. by Crossfield in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to get it circulated down in the USA. So we're working on that. It's available on Amazon by Kindle only. 
and we want to get it to, it's, it's going to be released in soft covers pretty soon in, in Amazon, but it's also available now in various bookstores in, in soft cover. Yeah. It's available in Perfect Books in Ottawa and McNally Robinson in Winnipeg. I'm not sure about other bookstores. You can order it through Chapters or other bookstores. Um, so, or right through Crossfield Publishing in St. Mary, Ontario. They have a website. Just go to their website. Fantastic. I, 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 I'm going to down, like, you know, like you mentioned, I'm going to download the, uh, the Kindle edition. I'm obsessed with my, uh, with my Kindle on my iPad because, you know, I sit there at night when I, I wake up in the middle of the night and my wife is asleep beside me and I can read on my iPad. Bad idea. Do not yeah. take this advice. Never do this. It's oh. very bad if you have insomnia. But if you're like me, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to my insomnia. So, yeah, this is such an amazing timing for this book. And it's obviously so necessary, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's very important, very necessary. And, you know, um, you can't have turmoil without emotions. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know, there's no one I know about who has actually written about emotions uh, at this time. Psychologists work on, you know, um, emotional um, regulation and uh, ways to manage emotions with our clients, but we rarely do that with issues in the public. Um, and this is a way for psychology to spread its wings, in a sense, and yeah. get out there to the so-called average person and help them deal with the emotions that come up when they're dealing with all the various issues that uh, come forth in the media and, and so on. Um, and, and contagion also comes right from... Um, seeing people on on the media on yes the, the social media especially right yeah social media but also video media if you can call yep. I, yep. I feel your emotions when you're talking to me I can hear it through your voice and you can see exactly. your face yeah and so we think of that when so many people see the news in living color and um, um, you know in high definition sound and um, but social media certainly carries a lot of that too especially in the area of, um, you know, suspicion and uh, cynicism and uh, contagious uh, conspiracies and so mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. and yeah, yeah. I, I once heard, a, uh, it, was a, um, it was an old fantasy novelist uh, named uh, Terry Goodkind who wrote a series of books that, really needed a good editor. I mean, every single app, you know, um, like 11 of these books or something like this, and they were all like 900 pages long, but, um, the, the, he had this thing called the wizard's rules and oh, yeah. rule number one was people will believe any lie if they want it to be true or if they are afraid that it's true. And I thought yeah, that is so is. profound. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes, right, it is. But yeah. one of the ways that they believe it is because the lie connects with something inside themselves. Precisely. That Precisely. has an emotion base. Yeah. Uh, the emotions are implicit. So we mm -hmm. talk about implicit emotions and um, how that is involved. People think emotions are things that we express outwardly when we're cheering uh, and stuff like that. Well, that's true. That's the explicit emotion. Mm -hmm. But it's the implicit emotion that connects with people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, um, you know, we know in psychology how important that is. We know about nonverbal behavior and how important that is in communication. Um, but people don't stop to think that's the important thing when politicians are talking yes. uh, and communicating things now. And so um, never fails, never fails. The, the politicians who are more expressive or tend to use the emotion in their uh, campaigning are the ones who are more likely to get elected. Mm -hmm. I quote mm -hmm. various studies in my book that says that a politician with an oval face, a short name, uh, and, and um, so on are, are more prone to get elected. Yeah. Okay. There's a four categories, um, none, none to do with policy. And yeah. so I have a saying that, um, it's poetry, not policy, that produces the winner of the election. Mm -hmm. Which, when mm -hmm. you think of it, doesn't make it all any sense at all because we vote for people based upon their policies. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's look, look at the, the Republican Party. You know, uh, in, yeah. the, in the last election, basically just said, "Whatever Trump says, we're with him." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there was no policy attempt at all. 
No. Right? No, they didn't even no. pretend to put together a platform. No. You know? No. It's it just like, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It really is. It's a, you know, and, you know, <laughs> uh, Al Franken, you know, has, has this great, you know, saying, you know, that, you know, if, if you could boil, you know, a democratic policy down to a bumper sticker, it would say continued on next bumper sticker. (laughs) 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 You know, the the Democrats are so bad because they're policy wonks typically. Right. Yeah. yeah, And they don't speak from that place of passion. They're coming from that academic intellectual place. Exactly. And a lot of people who vote don't have that academic intellectual background. Mm -hmm. And so the people who are, um, have to be careful what I say here because everyone is important, and so that uh, everyone has an equal vote. Yes. But unfortunately, when the Republicans uh, and to some extent uh, the conservatives in Canada are appealing to people, they tend to appeal to more of the basic instincts, the basal instincts mm-hmm. they call it, right? Mm-hmm. And the Democrats or the Liberals tend to appeal to the more intellectual kind of stuff, the stuff that we learn in university. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. um, which can explain the big gap, which is often there, right, right? Between the, you know, the education, right, is often one of the great predictors, you know, of, of political, uh, you know, uh, ideology. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it, it you know, and, um, you know, and things like the, um, was that uh, uh, the barbaric practices hotline, right? Yeah, you know, a, you know, this that, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, these, you know, you know, some of the, um, and I, I don't, and to be fair, I mean, you know, we got to be clear too. I mean, this stuff is happening on both sides, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there's bias on both sides. There's there emotion is. on both sides. There is, yeah, right. You know, and it's it's so it's not fair to say you know one side is doing this and the other is not. That's clearly not the case. No, that's emotional thinking, and we tend to get away from that in 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 the book because we have to be fair to everyone. And yes. I take a neutral uh, approach when, when writing the book. Uh, I don't name any leaders mm-hmm. uh, by name because if we name their name, that would stir up feelings. Right, right, yeah. I yeah. even try and stay away from group names. Mm-hmm. Uh, so luckily, we don't have anybody on Mars, so I can call them all Martians, and yes. no one's going to connect, right, with any yes. kind of internal feeling. I yeah. Mean, yeah. This guy's crazy. There's no Martians. Well, I explain yeah. it. Why am I using the term Martians? Because it's a neutral term. Yeah. So, and yeah. people can identify with what I'm talking about that way. Yeah, so, I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Because it, yeah, it, it it is so hard. But yeah, you know, it, how do we get away from this this polarization? Do you think? How do like how do we? Because it seems like, like, like something that's driving it obviously right now. There's so much uh, anxiety. Yeah. In society. Right. Yeah. We've got yeah. economic anxiety. We've got health anxiety, you know, and, you know, you know, there, there's all of this, um, you know, change which is happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so rapidly, you know, demographic yeah. change is, a, a, you know, you know, I'm I tend not to worry very much about demographic change, but that's because of where I am politically. Yeah. And there are others who are very much more concerned about that. And we've got to acknowledge that that's an anxiety and, a you know, potentially a source of stress. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, we've got so much sort of driving the emotion and the higher the emotion gets, the more we're going to be drawn into these opposing categories. We're going to want to be with the people who feel what we feel, yeah. right? So that we can attack the people who feel what we don't feel together, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Exactly, yeah, exactly. We have an inherent need to belong mm-hmm. to a group and that the emotions attract us to belong to this group, to have this drive for what psychologists call the affiliation need. But that's only really basically an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the emotion attracts us just to go somewhere. That's where emotional contagion comes in because you can easily um, absorb a contagious emotion yes. that appeals to you without thinking about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, I think you, you mentioned somewhere where, you know, like that's something that happens in the therapy office too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. we call it transference and countertransference. We let we put these intellectualized words on it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But really, it's emotional contagion. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and we as therapists can get drawn into that in the office, right? 
Sure, of course. And that's where I got the idea from. Because, you know, as you know, we can tend to feel our clients' emotions when they're expressing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. It's not just coming, it's not just observable, like as if it's there. I can actually feel it mm-hmm. coming as if it's moving toward us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, absolutely. So, and so my theory is if you can feel it there in a quiet room, in a small room, then we can take the analogy of a virus. Um, and, um, but um, not only that, but if you can feel it in a small room, we must have the same thing in a larger room. We all know oh, yeah. through real life um, that we can have this contagious emotion in large venues. Mm-hmm. My, my God, these concerts where people are enjoying music to the nth degree and then they're getting, they lose their judgment. Emotions don't, yes. because they're, they're pressing against each other and they end up passing away because of all that. That's yeah. stuff going on. Yes. It's, like, it's so, so sad and tragic. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but we've seen the same thing in soccer in in, the, in Britain, not Britain, but um, maybe in Britain, I don't remember, but they're in South America where they get, in, in the past, they've become so aggressive with their rooting yes. for that team. Well, yeah. no, no way on earth am I going to become so um, enamored with my favorite sports team uh, that I'm going to be losing my mind and, and doing them. But that's what happens when emotions get strong. I remember when I was uh, 14 years old, I attended a, um, a Who concert in Detroit. Yeah. And nobody died or anything like that. But, no. um, you know, it's it's open sitting on the stadium floor. So you, you arrive early, right? right and we're right. all standing there. And at some point, a roadie comes out and tests the drum kit. At that moment, everybody jumped up and rushed the stage. Now this is at 5 p.m. The concert starts at eight, mm-hmm. and we were now <laughs> packed too close together to sit down, you know. And we were in this, and like it, it is oh, getting yeah. hotter and hotter, and people are starting to pass out. I caught. I'm 14 years old. I caught this woman passing out in my arms. Oh, They're my spraying God. down it the crowd weird. with hoses, oh. you know. But all exactly that, just that emotional contagion yeah. of. I, I don't want to miss out. I you know I no. you know everyone's jumping. I'm going to jump too. Yeah, I yeah. want to feel this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Yeah. 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 It was. It was. You know. I, we when we absolutely get caught in this, and you know, and I think one of the great dangers is thinking we're immune to it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and I, I'm not know. sure that very many of us truly are. No. No. One of the best ways to handle it is to become aware of the fact that this emotion is coming at you. Yeah. And if you're aware of it, then you can decide how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Like you want to get caught up in it? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe so, maybe a little bit. Uh, it's hard to say, but when you're in a, in a, in a concert, you, you know, the emotion is flowing, especially if you love the music. And I've been in the concerts too, where I just love the feelings. Yes. And, uh, and the hockey games, the football games, where you just love the feelings. Uh, it, you know, it's a good I, point. You know, you raise a very interesting point, which is, you know, that, you know, positive emotion can be contagious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, and, we, I, I don't, you know, maybe we're not paying nearly enough attention to that. No, right. No. no you know, it, it, maybe that explains, like, you know, why, why, you know, religion. Right. I mean, you know, let's let's go and experience some positive emotion together. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It can be controversial because people are going to say, well, it's not the emotion, it's the religion that counts. But these guys who are these, pardon the expression, fanatics, they will become quite loud and emotional in their presentation. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's even um, charismatic, right? Charismatic, yeah. Charismatic actually has a religious, you know, connotation to it, right? It you know, the... Um, you know, the evangelicals are very much, it's about emotion. It is. Right? It is. It is. Yeah. And I think it's emotion that people miss in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. And and so their way to get emotion is through these other methods, maybe what I would call more impersonal methods, mm-hmm. uh, through the charismatic leaders, through the charismatic politicians, through social media, uh, and even through um, concerts and football games and hockey mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we in Canada are having a hard time with that because we haven't won the Stanley Cup in over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than that. Try being a Leafs fan for heaven's sake. <laughs> <laughs> what 
they're doing well this year. Maybe they'll do it this year. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have done that, right? <laughs> My goodness. But yeah, it, 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 how do you think, you know, like with respect to the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, and certainly one of the things that strikes me is, you know, the irrationality, right? Yeah, because yeah. you've got people who stand against, you know, um, the masks, the mandates, the school closures, you know, um, they resent the steps that were are being taken mm-hmm. in order to end the pandemic quickly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is causing the pandemic to last longer. Mm-hmm. Right. At least hypothetically. Hypothetically, right? yeah. Right. And you know, I, I I think there is some evidence for that. I've been uh, something I do um, <laughs> for fun. <laughs> this is very dark fun indeed. But I took my my um, my pandemic anxiety and I began to track early on. It was the question was uh, for me: Do mask mandates work? So I started in Europe. I started tracking the, you know, the, the statistics of death, you mm-hmm. know, in the countries in Europe that had mask mandates and that didn't. And I was impressed with what I was starting to see. I mean, it's all correlational and it's not real research. This is just me taking my, you know, my anxiety and trying to do something with it in you April 2020. Things are going on. Yeah, exactly. But eventually, you know, Europe's data started getting messier. So I turned my attention to the United States. Mm-hmm. And started tracking the mask mandates. And then eventually it became obvious that the mask mandates were really standing in for something else. And I started tracking red versus blue states. Okay. Right? Yes. And, and I, I, I kept up with, I kept up with the mask mandates until the CD said nobody needs to wear them if you're vaccinated. At which point, you know, I knew that the, the messaging had gotten so muddled, right? That you know there was no point in tracking that any longer. But there really is a pretty big difference whether you're looking at um total deaths right or or mm-hmm. death by population um you know whatever it is you know the reality is is that the blue states have done better mm-hmm. so and the blue states are the ones that are going to be associated with taking the actions mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. you can argue you know maybe there's an ideological argument to be made you mm-hmm. know I'm going to, I'm willing to die for my freedom. I'm willing to die for the right not to wear a mask. Right. But right, right. I mean, the reality is, is that there are people who are doing exactly that. They are dying. Yeah. Because they don't yeah. Wear masks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, but they're not going to get their point across that way because no one listens to a dead person. Yeah. Unless they're a martyr, but that doesn't last very long. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, 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 it's, it's heavy, right? You feel the heaviness we, you know, we think about because we're, you know, what we're talking about are hundreds of thousands of di- of deaths. Yeah. But the yeah. problem I have with it all is that, you know, it's the emotional part that people don't deal with. And um, because they're emotion phobic, uh, it, it's too abstract. It's too vague. Um, there's been other books in the past written on emotions and cases like this, but no one listens to them. Because they want to talk about tangible things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, but that's a risk because it's the emotional things that drive the turmoil. Yes. If no emotion is no turmoil. Yeah. That's what turmoil is. It's a mess of strong emotions mm-hmm. that people can't deal with, especially when you get down to cynicism. Uh, and, you know, we know in psychology about how cynicism can become quite lethal and fatal. But no one realizes that. And this is not no one. I'm, I'm talking emotionally. Um, so it's very natural to do that. So I try and cut back and I'll say, no, um, some people who are cynical tend to have uh, correlations with things like smoking and heart issues. Uh, Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they also have cynical attitudes. About so politics, cynics are more likely to be smokers. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It makes. I guess it makes sense, right? Because you're probably cynical about science. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. They don't know what they're talking about. No. That, by definition, is is a cynical belief, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. No one's done a study that I know of on the um, red versus blue and correlating that with smoking or non-smoking. 
Well, not, not that I know of, but I bet you did. You'd find something there. I I don't doubt that for a second. I mean, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> we have to acknowledge, you know, tobacco is grown in southern states, right? So <laughs> there might be, you know, a, you know, a bit of a confounding factor there. But yeah, generally speaking, I think, you know, there's there's something to that, just, you know, observationally. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. 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 I mean, and of course, not. It's not. We're not talking monolithic. There are, you know, Democrats who smoke. There are liberals who smoke, right? You know, there are Green Party members who smoke. Who, you know, but I mean, on, on average, right? We're talking on average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's and that's a fascinating thing too, you know, because as you say, emotion doesn't think, right? Mm-hmm. And something I I frequently observe is, you know, the struggle that people have to comprehend something as abstract as math, right? Yeah. You know, so you say, you know, whenever you say, hey, you know, you are, you know, um, less likely to end up in hospital if you are vaccinated, right? And then Mm -hmm. someone will immediately be saying, I know someone who's in the hospital and he was vaccinated. Exactly. I know someone who's triple vaccinated and passed away from COVID. Yeah. They jump to the conclusion that, well, vaccinations don't work. Exactly. And it's expanding from the anecdote and generalizing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah, we need to recognize that we can have statistics that may not apply to an individual case. No, they don't. No. But they on don't. average, statistics are a good thing to bet on. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. 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 There yeah. has to have been another factor going on that we weren't aware of, or some underlying disease or issue that mm-hmm. that person may have had. Mm-hmm. That may have been causing death, interacting with uh, yeah. uh, COVID or whatever it was. We don't know, but that's. But of course, it's also about that that selection of of what facts I'm going to attend to, based not right. on their validity, but on how they make me feel. Exactly, the emotional thinking takes them to that feeling point that makes yes. them come to that conclusion, and yeah. that's where. And then they get because emotions are so strong, they 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 are so. Um, definite and mm-hmm. so the person gets this emotion out right away and says you guys are an idiot you this and you're that right because that's what the emotion will do mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and they don't have any and because people have a need for emotional thinking yeah. emotional feelings in, inside themselves they take this even though they don't want to because it's it's automatic mm-hmm. and, and so um if you're uh, aware of the work of kahneman in his book thinking fast and slow he talks about the, the system one and system two with um, emotions and, and uh, thinking. And, right. uh, and it seems like system one thinking is emotional and system two thinking is reasonable. It's slow. You need to sit down and talk and think and come up with a conclusion. Whereas the fast thinking that a quarterback does when he's running around, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of system one thinking because it's quick. Or what a police officer has to do yeah. as they arrive on a scene, yeah. right? And they have to quickly discern who's safe, who is not safe, who's a threat, who's a right. victim, right? right? And right. You're, you're going to be using not rational processes, but largely emotional processes yeah. in yeah. that moment, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that can lead to bias. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Or it can arise from bias, you know, because you're going to be, that, that's part of, by the way, I mean, let's, let's, let's acknowledge, what's the value of bias and prejudice and, uh, you know, irrational assumptions is that they help us make decisions quickly when we lack information, yes. right? Yes. You know, I don't need to know whether or not the dog is or is not angry at me. All I need to know is the barking scares me. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm I'm going to keep myself safe if I attend to the barking of the dog. Yeah. Without necessarily, you know, oh, let me get to know the situation carefully. Uh, you know, I'm just going to be much better off to just go dog barking, walk away. Right. Yeah. 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 But people do the same thing, I think, in, in politics and things like that, because um, even though we're very aware of political, most of us are very aware of what's going on politically. I don't think people stop and think it through when it comes time to the election. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let's go back, what, four years or so when the Ontario had its last provincial election. Now, I want to say this at the same time, I'm neutral, okay? Mm-hmm. People voted against the former premier. Mm-hmm. I don't think they voted for the current premier, although they had to vote for somebody. Right. If they were to vote against somebody. Right, um, right. But 
and so that's what we get in elections now. People are voting against somebody. We start to get angry at at the leader. So that we run away. So we go, true. Yeah. Yeah. We vote for somebody else without looking at all the different factors, not because we feel so emotional. I call it mm-hmm. emotional voting in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. Emotional voting is do- democracy's downfall. I hope it's not. Yeah. But that could be what's going on here. Now, to be fair, to be fair, I don't think we're talking about something new. I think we're talking about no. something that dates back to the earliest days of democracy. It right. probably goes back to ancient Greece. Right? <laughs> this is not, this is not, you know, it's not like suddenly we've lost the ability to think philosophically about who we're electing. You know, no, we've always, you know, who's the person I want to have the beer with? Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. and in yeah. some, you know, I, I I've often been aware because we have multiple party systems in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not just we don't have just the binary choice, right? No. no. Um, and I got to I'm always, by the way, just as an aside, I'm always blown away looking at the United States how evenly matched blue and red are. Yeah. Almost exactly the same number of states, almost exactly the same populations. It, 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 wherever you look, it's like, and sometimes it's like so close, it's down to a few hundred votes. Yeah. You know, it's amazing how evenly matched red and blue are while being so polarized, you know, in, in so many ways. And matched in population. And then, you know, in Canada, of course, we're constantly worried about splitting the vote, right? You yeah. know, so that, you know, it's like, oh, I, I, these, this is the party I really like, but they're too small to win. I have to vote for this party because they have a chance, you mm-hmm. know, and we're, you know, we're having to play this, you know, stra- strategic game with our, yeah. with our vote, yeah. which is, I think, you know, we're not going from, what do I believe? What are the policies I feel that are best? Right. You know? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, wow, it's strong. So um, in psychology, we work on um, self-regulation. We work on emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's ways through mindfulness and other ways to calm ourselves down and uh, relax and become aware of the emotions flowing. And if we can become aware that emotion can impact on us, uh, then we can make the choice. Do we really want to have that impact and accept it? Mm-hmm. Or we can we can decide to accept it, but not take it in too too far. Um, I, I draw the analogy in my book about um, um, the elevator button. Okay. We have automatic automatic elevators now for decades. I'm old enough to remember when they had all elevator operators. Yeah. Okay. So am I, actually. <laughs> good, good, good. So I think that you don't want to you don't want to be like an elevator who someone presses your button and you're just doing what the button says. Yeah. Okay. That's what an automatic elevator will do. So if someone presses your button and you get angry right away, then you get involved in doing something that the other person is really controlling by pushing your buttons, and then you just don't think. Right. So because right. you don't think, right? Yeah. So people get involved in what I call emotional ping pong games because they're back and forth with all their emotions. And and that's where you get all these one-upping people. And and because they feel challenged and they feel personal, they take it personally and then they have to defend themselves right away. It's kind of instinct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and, and something that strikes me as well as you're talking, right, is that the, we're so good at spotting a lack of thinking in the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Oh, you're being biased. You yeah, know, yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. but you are. Hey, on psych listeners, Katie here from Jane. I wanted to take a few seconds to say you're doing incredible work. Whether you're a receptionist, office manager, practitioner, or all of the above, we see your commitment to your clients. Jane was built to help you transform that commitment into a thriving business, all while making your day-to-day easier. You can head to jane.app forward slash mental health to read more and see if we can be a good fit for your practice. The, the, the um, correlation between how your parents voted and your own personal ideology Mm-hmm. I don't know what the correlation is off the top of my head. It's an interesting question, but I would be astounded if it is not extremely statistically significant. <laughs> yeah, I would think right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. And uh, so 
So what does that say? That our parents happened to get it right? Or that we're most comfortable voting the way our parents voted for emotional, irrational reasons, or even possibly biological, right? Sure. Is there a biological understraight to some of this stuff, you know, yeah. as, as we approach these questions? That could be. It could be. Yeah. The way we think is biological, physiological, so that can uh, get us to either be reflective or not reflective. And mm-hmm. then as a result, we can vote. Uh, if we're reflective, we might think about it before we decide to vote. If we're not reflective and just kind of um, wire, hardwired to react right away, then we're going to vote emotionally. Yeah. And um, so, so we have to be aware. I think as a citizen, as a country and democracy, we have to be aware as citizens that we have a responsibility to, to be rational. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, psychologists have invented the term lazy thinking. Um, and uh, some research out West has shown that kind of stuff is important. And um, so um, people will pass by all the details and just vote in a so-called lazy way. And you might say this is related to social media. And uh, I'd say it even goes beyond that. It goes back to... Um, music and TV and things like that. But one of the first quotations about this came from Martin Luther King Jr. Way back in the 60s, who said, people don't think anymore. Uh, And they're just going with their feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, that goes, that explains the racism. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, the, the idea of images are so great. You know, I saw this image on Facebook of, um, there was a, a brown egg and a white egg, and someone said the insides are identical. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's what race does. It just pays attention to the color that confronts you. Yes. But brown eggs and white eggs are the same. Yeah. Even with animals, how many of us stop and think about what color our animal's fur is? <laughs> you know what? I have this... I have recognized this is insane. Okay, here is my personal insanity. I've grown up around cats all of my life. Yeah. Right. I'm convinced, without any foundation whatsoever, yeah. that the color of a cat's fur plays a role in its personality. Right. Like okay. an orange cat. Oh, that's going to be a psychotic cat. You're going to pet it for two minutes, and then it's going to turn around and and, and scratch you. Right. But a tabby in white, sweet as in the world, will love everybody in it. <laughs> It's nonsense. <laughs> There's my bias. That has no foundation in reality. You know, at least it's not been proven. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it has to do with people's perception. Exactly. Uh, uh, and experience, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And experience lies, right? Experience lies. This is a surprising thing, right? I work with first responders right Mm -hmm. so naturally my experience is that every first responder has you know massive massive amounts of trauma right and they're Mm -hmm. suffering with ptsd how do i know because every first responder i know does hello Mm -hmm. (laughs) my sample is somewhat slanted (laughs) and the people are coming to see you because they have trauma trauma don't come to see you Exactly. Yeah, it took exactly. me a long time to figure that out when I was doing this kind of work. <laughs> Base rate fallacy. <laughs> Eventually, when 100% of the population is vaccinated, then 100% of the people in the hospital with COVID are going to be vaccinated. That's the base rate fallacy. Right, 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 right. Yeah. right. So I think with COVID, it raises the emotions to a heightened level. And people are going around with high levels of emotions now. And um, because of the fear, the death that's been happening, um, the cynicism, the anxiety. And uh, as a result of that, people are having a hard time with their emotions. And so it can come out in other areas. People can argue with people. Families break up um, over politics. Or maybe they're just emotions are high. So they they argue about something different that doesn't have to do with that. Mm-hmm. with a political thing because their emotions are at the surface anyway. Mm-hmm. So they may be arguing over um, whether coffee is better than tea or some normal kind of thing that we argue about, but their emotions get stronger 
yeah. uh, than they would ordinarily because well, the emotions at the surface. Well, when we're talking about politics, and even when we're talking about the pandemic, which is, you know, so far beyond a simple public health issue, yeah, right? Yeah, it is yeah. absolutely a political issue. It's been politicized, to be fair, by both sides, right? Yeah, both sides, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about politics, it's it's not just, you know, um, it doesn't just speak to how we feel. It's also about who we are because mm-hmm. it speaks to our values, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And when, you know, it's like we're asking, you know, if, if we ask someone to change their mind about whether or not they should be vaccinated, it's like we're asking someone to change their morality. And mm-hmm. that is a very, very tall ask. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's a very tall one. It's very hard to change our morality unless mm-hmm. you have personal experiences with it. Right. You know, I, right. I bring up the examples in my book how people can be against abortion no matter what until their daughter gets pregnant. Right. Right. And yeah. uh, even then, they might be still against abortion. Many people mm-hmm. say to the daughter go through with the birth. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, but on the other hand, many people will change their mind once it affects them personally. I just well, we saw a, 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 an episode of uh, The Blacklist. Um, James Spader's uh, ser- highly recommend. This is an amazing series. But there was an amazing episode where um, uh, it is on uh, Netflix. Yes, yes. Oh, good. The Blacklist. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, there's an amazing episode where a, um, uh, a criminal doctor is abducting conservative politicians and implanting in them a womb and fertilizing it. What? Yes. So these men, male politicians who are totally against any abortions, suddenly find themselves pregnant. Oh, my God. And <laughs> one one carries it to term and yeah. is very happy with, and comfortable with that decision. And, of course, the other one is, you know, finding out where can I get this, you know, illegal abortion that, you know, if anyone finds out, I'm, my own law is going to put me in jail. But yeah. it, it's, it's it, you know, it, it's a... Yeah, that that personal yeah. experience, right? Yeah. That's when you really know who you are, I guess, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And how you stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it brings to mind, too, there was a study. Um, ironically, if I'm not mistaken, one of the authors of this study was the actor Colin Firth. Oh, right. And, but he right. funded it and... and um, you know, brought, you know, other researchers involved, obviously. And it was a study on um, comparing the brains of um, liberals and conservatives, small L, small C. Mm-hmm. And one of the most striking differences that they found was the amygdala in the conservative brain is larger, which makes the conservative brain right. more sensitive to threat. Right. Now, that's the way we often tend to think of it. But another way of phrasing it, to remove the bias, my own bias, mm-hmm. which is reflected in how I told that story, is the amygdala of the liberal brain is smaller, leaving them more gullible. And both are true. Both yeah. of those statements yeah. are true, yeah. right? Yeah. The liberal brain can be too trusting. Yeah. And the conservative brain can be too paranoid. Yeah. Right? Right. right. And so I mentioned that too in the book because we have to find a balance between being gullible and being cynical. Exactly. Right? As you're saying, you know, it's important because people who are too liberal and trusting can get themselves into hot water. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay? Exactly. Not being aware of what's going on around them. Exactly and right. Every person can be trusted. And uh, if someone is innocent and naive and gullible, think we can trust any, everyone, yeah. then they could be in serious trouble. Yeah, yeah. One of the, um, one of the things I think is, is, you know, worth considering is, you know, the role of authoritarianism. Right. You know, which at the moment, you know, for the most part, we are associating with the political right, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's authoritarianism on the left, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's driving, by the way, a lot of the authoritarianism on the right because they're harnessing that fear. Yeah, they're going, they're going to, to take them. away your guns. They're going to take away your rights. They're going to take yeah. away, you know, your right to express yourself in public. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and you know we have to acknowledge that fear, and we I think we really we should be working towards hey, here's something that we can both stand up against. Yeah. is tyranny and authoritarianism right yeah, and it's, yeah. it's it's you know it, it's sad that you know um something as fundamental as that mm-hmm. is you mm-hmm. know we're losing losing control over the argument mm-hmm. you know and i, and think, we're, so. I yeah. think so now one thing that bothers me about this whole topic is that the emotion is what draws the media into it yeah um because the emotion will attract viewers and listeners and so because people have this need for emotional input and and but then on the other hand it's costly to society and to democracy to do that because the people with the emotion tend to be the outliers who get riled up about things more easily uh research shows that people with psychological and emotional problems tend to be more extreme in their political uh leaning so then as a result you have these tendencies for these people to be the ones who get all the airtime because they're emotional. And yeah. people like to, that's why Trump got so powerful because everyone loved the emotion. Yes. Even though yes. they didn't agree with it, they wanted to, even me, I wanted to watch just to feel the emotion coming out. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, so, yeah. So exactly, exactly. And, and, uh, I think it relates to a kind of a dearth of emotional closeness that people have in their own lives. And, you know, with family breakdown and marital issues, uh, I think that's part of the issue here. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's uh, important to people to feel. Uh, it's, that- it's interesting in this day of, of you know, the, the isolation, the distancing, you know, demanded yeah. by the pandemic, right? Yeah. Which, right. you know, so that, that loneliness can lead us to, you know, seek belonging, you know, even more desperately and with even more intensity. Yes. Good point, Jonathan. Yes, 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 yes. And then they can be unfortunately blind if they do that too strongly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, um, yeah, but on the other hand, it can be a good time for people to get together and, and uh, get along and, and uh, find a good romantic loving partner. Mm-hmm. Those though don't make the news until it's over and they have a baby a few months later, <laughs> and it's a, good, it's a good story then. That's right. That's nice, but uh, you, you hear more in the news about the, pop, the places where there's problems. The emotional problem comes up, and uh, and and then it makes the news. So people get this misreading that there's so much emotional negativity going on when it's just that the media wants to portray that. Yeah. And I think it's been going on for a long time, but it's actually stronger now in, in the past few uh, years. And uh, not just the past few years, but the past so, 10, 20, 30 years. Yeah. Good news doesn't sell. Joy is, is you know, yeah. if you look around us, I mean, joy and love, right? Yeah. Love is, you know, it is absolutely everywhere. Civilization cannot exist without cooperation. No, no, exactly. And you know, broadly defined, you know, love is absolutely everywhere. I mean, every every time you see someone put on a turn signal, that is a gesture of a tiny little droplet of love. Good point. Right? Good point. You know, and cooperation is all around us, and yet yeah. it's so easy to ignore it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and and you know, when we put, you know, when we you know. Whatever it is, I mean, you know, if, if you spend time with people on the opposite side of whatever circle you choose to draw, where there's conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it's you know sexual orientation, you know gender orientation, whether it's you know political orientation, racial you know lines, you know whatever it is, if you spend more time with those people, your level of negativity towards that group starts to drop. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. It does. It does. Yeah. As we become more personal and closer to someone, the a- anger starts to dissipate as we realize that humanity is there. That yeah. takes closeness. It takes time. Uh, it takes system two thinking because people need to be patient with it and have time to, to share and uh, appreciate those things. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Back in, uh, uh, I believe it was World War II, the United States Army had integrated units and they had segregated units. 
Oh, right. That's right. And, and they, they studied, you know, the level of prejudice in each and the level of prejudice, you know, against, you know, the black soldier was higher in the segregated white units. Right. If you hmm. spent more time working with black soldiers as, you know, your comrades and as your, you know, your friends, your buddies, you know, in the foxhole with you, the prejudice drops. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't pay attention to the color of the skin so much. Exactly. You know the person and their emotions, their values, their behavior. Yeah. And uh, and you don't look at that through the filter of the, the racism, prejudice, mm -hmm. the human being. Yeah. yeah. I think part of the challenge is we have to do that politically, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we have to be able to, you know, on some level reach across that divide. But at the same time, you know, we look at something like January 6th, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, well, that is flat out unacceptable. Mm -hmm. There's a line there that must not be crossed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there's something going on there which is so extreme. We have to take a stand against it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can't just say, well, that's just another political expression, you know. No. No. Through which we're going to rush into the capital and prevent the the transfer of power. Yeah, right? exactly. So there are these lines that need to be drawn. Yeah, and but I think a, that's part of the challenge right now. Right? Again, it speaks to values and what are the values that we're willing to you know to really stand up for, mm -hmm. versus what are the ones that we can listen and we can, you know, have a dialogue and be willing to shift. Yeah, yeah. I think the insurrection attempt in January the 6th was a pure example of emotion mm -hmm. uh, and how emotions yeah. don't think because people were just running and screaming and jumping and and um, and creating mayhem. And I think the tell for that was the embarrassment that a lot of these people did express afterwards, right? Right, right. You know, right, like, right. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> you know, I was, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah, yeah for some of them, for some of them, some of them are some are true believers. That was an expression of their values, and others were, you know, swept up in the moment of 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 a of a, of a frenzied mob. They were drawn up and up to it. I quote someone in in the book who stopped himself just mm -hmm. as it was about to happen. Didn't go any further, and he mm -hmm. reflected on what was happening. Yes, and, and and realized that this is too much, too strong. Uh, it's the wrong thing, and. He reflected on what was going on in his mind, and I quote some of that in the book. That's and, fantastic. Uh, We've not heard any of that. No, I don't think no. I've heard a single story of someone who put the brakes on. Yeah, yeah. What an yeah. amazing, amazing story. We need to hear more of those stories. We do, don't we? Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because that's well, a that's a conservative, right? By definition, they're in that crowd. They were there to hear Trump, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they're they're concerned about the election and you know whether or not it was fair yeah. at that moment, right? Yeah. And that's a conservative yeah. who stops and puts the brakes on and says, I gotta take a look at what I'm doing here. And we yeah. need to do the same on the left. Again, this is of not course. It's you not, know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at the some of the things on the left, you know, where we cancel people, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. so readily. Yeah, you know, and we expect, you know, yeah. you know, like uh, there was a story of, um, and I, I, you know, probably should give a specific example, but there was um, um, a radio host, right, right, right. who was uh, fired from his longstanding job for yeah. many, many yeah. years on yeah. the basis, like the demand at the time was, it's been forty-eight hours. Why is this guy still in in the position, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like we've lost the, you know the the freedom to stop and think and evaluate and gather evidence and ponder and right. be philosophical about how we're going to approach this stuff right. because now we've got a mob you know demanding its pound of flesh and it's got to be immediate right or there's going to be massive repercussions in the exactly. media exactly exactly you know? and it's terrifying it's terrifying for people who are ever like, you know, caught up in this stuff in the social media. It is not a mild level of stress. It can be terrible. You're going to be getting death threats and all kinds of things. Exactly. Exactly. Dr. Fauci is getting death, death threats. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Almost anybody is who dares to say anything controversial. Yeah. You know? In some cases, they're getting it for being moderate. <laughs> <laughs>
think we're going to get some death threats out of this conversation, Bruce. I think people are going to be threatening threatening our lives because we were, you know, so reasonable today and 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 so kind and you know considered both sides of arguments. So I... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone's important. Everyone has good ideas. There's always ten percent at least of truth in any yes. position. Even yeah. the conspiracists, there's ten percent of truth in what they're saying. Yeah, no one looks for that. Yeah, um, and they just go with the 85, 90, whatever percent is that they think is false. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying 10 percent based upon any research. That's just my scroll hunch. Right, uh, right, on, on right. Thing. So, um, yeah, but um, these people have been left out. They've been hurting in their lives. They've been probably authority has been too strong with them in many ways, and they develop a kind of a fear of authority. Uh, and uh, fear of the authoritarian personality. And you're right, the authoritarian personality is a certain uh, major factor in, in, in all this. And But people who, had to, who tend to have strong authoritarian personalities in their life in the past are likely going to develop these kind of feelings in the future. It's going to result in them um, becoming authoritarian themselves or reacting quickly, having a reactance reaction reacting to the kind of thing that's right away spontaneous impulsive reacting and uh that's where emotions don't think and uh we have to realize that and emotions are still important it's still important but we have to think it through slowly let our mind come through with emotional intelligence and we have a blending of the two self-awareness wisdom we have to have a blending of the two yeah. in order to make informed decisions i think this is one of the ways in which you know, uh, practicing mindfulness is, is yeah. so effective, right? Because it allows you to, first of all, what am I feeling and mm-hmm. what am I thinking mm-hmm. and observing that process and making an active choice about what to empower, what to let go. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, as mm-hmm. I think about, you know, you know, practicing meditation, that's essentially it. I'm going to focus my attention on my breathing mm-hmm. and in two seconds, I'm going to be distracted internally. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to hear a noise in the environment and I need to notice the distraction, label it, gently let it go, bring myself back to where I'm choosing to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a metaphor, mm-hmm. right? It's a metaphor for exactly this process, self-awareness, self-reflection, and active choice mm-hmm. about who do we want to be in this moment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Active choice. Reasonable choice. I talk about systematic thinking, critical thinking in the book. I talk about blending emotion with thinking and coming up with wisdom, using mindfulness, looking at facts and figures, but not in a cold way, but Mm -hmm. just to help ourselves realize that it takes thought to come up with facts and figures and think about them. Yes. Yes. Now, that even brings up concerns about, in my book, as I read about, about the... uh, pandemic because back when it started you'd have all the number of deaths on the tv and cnn Mm -hmm. and the canadian stations all the time how many people die of that so and then i come up with well how many of us know about nephritis Mm -hmm. how many deaths come from nephritis Mm -hmm. do you even know what nephritis is why don't they put the list of deaths from different things on the screen and then we would see you know flu causes causes so many thousands and thousands of deaths a year Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the people who are so-called right-wing talk about the flu, it's only the flu, they'll say, and what's we'll say, well, it's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. It's not only the flu, but it's similar. Mm-hmm. It's similar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly enough, as I've been wearing masks for the last couple of years, I haven't got a f- the flu or a cold in all that time. <laughs> right, right. You know, and we hear occasionally we hear of people who are presenting with the symptoms and they're testing negative, right? Which is confusing because it might be that they've only got a cold, or it might be that the test isn't picking it up and it's a false negative or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we've actually done a fair job of not having a lot of you know flu and cold you know in the past year. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, because the the actions that we're taking are protecting us against those things as well. Yeah, we're not picking up the virus, any kind of virus from people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah. If only yeah. we have a mask to stop picking up pessimism and cynicism and anxiety <laughs> and fear and all those things. So yeah. we, we do have a mask, but it's something that we have, have to do with our mind by thinking mm-hmm. about it, 
bring those thoughts into effect when the situation actually happens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds like your your voicemail's going over there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Look, very good. Well, perhaps this is a good moment to wrap it up. I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining me, and, okay. and and it sounds like a terrific book. I'm really looking forward to downloading it on my Kindle. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You can download it from Amazon. We'll get a soft cover version of the book on Amazon in the next few weeks. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, well, thanks for inviting me, Jonathan. I appreciate that, and uh, this was a good a good talk. Good or fun, yeah. And and great to get to know you at last. I know we've interacted on Twitter, and it's 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 great to uh, to, to finally speak. Thanks so much, Bruce. Hey there, this is Katie Drew. from Jane. Thanks for letting our team be a part of your listening experience over these past few months. We're proud to be sponsors of the Ontario Psychological Association and the OnPsych podcast. If you're new to Jane, let me tell you a bit about us. Jane is complete practice management software that can help you navigate your day-to-day -day with ease and flexibility. This means simple scheduling, streamlined billing, intuitive charting, and so much more. We'd love to meet you and hear your story. Our team is only a phone call or email away, and you can find us over at jane.app forward slash mental health. We look forward to hearing from you. You have been listening to OnPsych, presented by the Ontario Psychological Association. Be sure to subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Mm -hmm.